The message you're about to listen to is produced by CRIC Media. One reason we study Bible prophecy is to understand that God controls history. In other words, the God we serve is in charge. And that's why we read to you Luke 21, 10 to 11, to let you understand that what is happening today is not taking God by surprise. New King James, please. Then he said unto them, Nation will rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom. And we've seen that through the years. Wars and rumors of wars. Next. And there'll be at great earthquakes in various places. I mean, if you went online to check about earthquakes, you now did it yesterday. You saw that earthquakes happen every day. But they only report the big ones. Then it says, and famines, and pestilences, and there'll be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. When you look at the Amplified version, it says Amplified. Amplified version. There will be mighty and violent earthquakes and in various places famines and pestilences. Then he explains, plagues, colon, malignant and contagious or infectious epidemic diseases which are deadly and devastating. That's what the world is seeing. Jesus talked about it. One thing I noticed during my term paper in my Bible study course I took was that prophecy is the future written beforehand. You can imagine in your Bible, there was a man called Cyrus. Before he was born, about three generations before he was born, there was a word with his name, Cyrus. Isaiah 44, 28. It says, who says of Cyrus? This guy wasn't even born. First of all, who is Cyrus? You are a Jewish prophet. And you're speaking of a name called Cyrus. Who is Cyrus? It's not even your language. 
It's like someone saying, maybe a German, right? Prophesying and saying that um, in Nigeria, there shall be a child born called da 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 da. And this was a child. And spoke, and the name was maybe uh, a Yoruba name. And you know, this guy has no clue about Yoruba. Then you fast forward 30 years, 40 years later, and you find out the Yoruba boy was born and he was called that name and he did what he said he would do. How come? How did you do that? Let's give me from verse 24. It says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb, I am, I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone? Who spreads out the earth by myself? Now, if God could fix the earth by himself, he can fix your life by himself. You know, we have this mentality that um, if I answer the call, how will I survive? Now, those words are words of irresponsibility. You are saying God is totally reckless and irresponsible. See that? It says, I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, the universe, the entire universe. In fact, they tell you that the universe is expanding at the speed of light. That means when God said, let there be light, it meant light, 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 light. It just kept doing expanding. Verse 25. Who frustrates the signs of the babblers and drives the viners mad? You know, there was a prophecy that in 1999 there'll be a world war and all that. And they were talking. I said it won't happen. They were talking. It won't happen. It didn't happen. In um, 2012, I think it was December 12, 2012, they said the whole world will end. That the two poles will meet and water will cover the earth. I said, first of all, the Bible says, well, I can never cover the earth again. So it's a lie. So we were scared. Even some ministers. American ministers, of course. And at the end of the day, we are here in 2020. So you need to understand that if you find the word of God on the matter, it is settled. You see that? Diviners may prophesy what they want to prophesy, but you make sure whatever they are prophesying is in line with the word. See, because the Bible, some scholars say, is to touch prophecy. See, it's mostly prophecy. Who turns wise men backward? In other words, he frustrates their wisdom. You see that? He frustrates their wisdom. And makes their knowledge foolishness. The world is in confusion right now. Next. Who confirms the word of his servant. And performs the counsel of his messengers. Who says to Jerusalem. You shall be inhabited. Now at this time. Jerusalem had not been destroyed. So. This word was meaning that. A time was coming that those in Jerusalem will be moved away. 
Then he says, to the city of Judah shall be built, and I'll raise up our waste places next. Who says to the deep be dry, and I'll dry up your rivers next? Who says of Cyrus? He is my shepherd. There was no Cyrus that they knew of. This was like two or three generations before the man was born. And he shall perform all my pleasure. Saint Jerusalem shall be built into the temple. Your foundation shall be laid. Really? Who is Cyrus? Who are you talking about? It proceeds 45 verse 1. Isaiah 45 verse 1. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus. Who is Cyrus? What is this prophet talking about? Ezra 1, beginning from verse 1. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Pesha, hmm? so there was going to be a king called Cyrus. How could he have known but by the Holy Spirit? Now, the word of the Lord by the man of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The, spirit, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing, saying, Hear what he wrote. Verse 2. Thus says king Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house as a temple at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Exactly what he said. The God you're dealing with is not experimenting with your life. Are you following me? He knows the end from where? The beginning. We are looking at the purpose and the power of what a prophecy. We said prophecy is inspired utterance in a known language. While speaking in tongues is inspired utterance in an unknown language, unknown to the speaker. Number two, prophecy is speaking under the influence and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Number three, prophecy is speaking the word of God under the inspiration or direction of the Holy Spirit. Number four. Prophecy is saying what God is saying. Number five. Prophecy is giving voice to the word of God. Then we began looking at the purpose of prophecy. Number one, we said to initiate divine activity. Before God does anything, he says it. Number two, to prepare or forewarn us. Number four, to inspire hope. 
Sorry, number three, to inspire hope. Number four, to reveal the future. Number five, to unveil divine plan. Number six, to correct our focus. Number seven, to strengthen or encourage us. Prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and what? And comfort. Haggai 1, 12 to 14. Let's begin from there. Hallelujah. Are you over there? Tell me about the word of God is working. Is it working for you? All right, let's move on. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shetel, and Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai and the prophet. They obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai and the prophet. Notice what the Bible says. When the man prophesied, he said they heard the voice of God and the words of the man. See, so when you're prophesying, you're speaking for God. And God wants you to be his mouthpiece. In Acts 2, 16 to 18, the Bible says this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I'll pardon my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall what? Shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Next. And on my men servants, and on my maids I will part of my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Now notice this. God says, children will prophesy. Young men see visions. Old men dream dreams. But he also says, his men servants, his maids servants. That means ministers of God of all levels will flow in the prophetic. And we are in that season, 5780, the decade of the mouth, the prophetic season. And that's why God is training you, getting you equipped so that you can flow, hallelujah, in the prophetic. Go back to Haggai 1 verse 12. And give it to me in the NIV. You see something different here. NIV. Hallelujah. Are you out there? Tell anybody the word of God is working. Is it working for you? All right. NIV. Listen to this. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shetel, Joshua, the son of Zelda, Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message. So, when you bring a message from the heart of God to God's people, what are you doing? You're prophesying. Are you following me? And there's something I tell those who knew me. I said, I am a teaching prophet. In other words, when I hear a word from God, for instance, before I preach in a service, I find out what are you saying to the people. So when I bring the message, they are hearing the voice of God. 
Then Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel and Joshua the son of Josedach, New King James, the high priest with all the remembered people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. Notice that word. When you say what you were sent to say, you are what? Prophesying. And the people feared the presence of the Lord. And this is so important for those of you who minister. See, when you say what God is saying, he will back it up with his power. When you say what God is saying, God will back it up. With his presence and his power. You see that? And that's why, as a minister, don't exalt your intelligence. People are looking for solutions, they're not looking for information. You see that? So when you minister, minister from your spirit. What is the Holy Ghost telling you to say? What is the Holy Ghost telling you to say? Acts 10 verse 33. Verse 19. Acts 10 19. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing for what? I have sent them. So the Holy Ghost is sending Peter to go with them. Am I right? I said, am I right? All right. Now look at verse 33. Father, let's move on. 32. Send therefore the Joppa and call Simon here, whose son name is Peter, is lodging in the house of Simon at town by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. Now, God told Cornelius through the angel, he was a Caesarea, Caesarea and to send to Joppa and get Peter to come and speak to him. All right? Now look at verse 33. So I sent to you immediately, and you've done well to come. It says, Now therefore we are present before God to hear all things what commanded by commanded you how by God. We want to hear what God told you to say. Verse 44. While Peter, watch this, he yet spoke these words. The Holy Ghost. See that? While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. So when he said what he was sent to say, the presence and the power of God was manifested. Are you following me? So it's important that before you go speak to anyone, before you go preach anywhere, you, you, what is the Lord saying? That's very important. Because whenever you say what God is saying, His presence will be released. Hallelujah. Is anybody getting blessed? Haggai 1, verse 12 again. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatel, and Joshua, the, uh, Zerubbabel was a governor. Okay? Then... Um, Joshua was the high priest, the son of Jehoshadak, uh, jo the high priest. With all the remnant of people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, the words of Haggai the prophets, 
as the Lord their God has sent him, and the people feared the presence of the Lord. And Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to the people, saying, I am with you, says the Lord. So the Lord stirred up. You see that? The spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of people, and they came and walked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. You see that? So prophecy inspires. It inspires. Because when people are weak, and they hear a word from God, it strengthens them. See? It gives them a focus to keep moving forward in spite of what they're seeing. Hallelujah. For instance, there are times I go to challenges here in Bielsa, and um, I'll just be with the Lord, and the Lord will say, Stay in Niger Delta. This is the place of your wealth. I'll do like this. I'll do like I write it down. I'm encouraged. See, prophecy strengthens and encourages. Ezra 5 verse 1. Then the prophet Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Edo, prophets, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. See, they prophesied in the authority of God. They prophesied as the lost messengers. They were not saying what they wanted to say and the pastor's God was over them. They were in submission to God's authority. Hallelujah. Look at verse 2. So Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltel, and Joshua, the son of Josedach, rose up and began to build the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. The prophets of God were with them, how? Helping them. See, prophecy has a place when it comes to fulfilling divine destiny. And I know that very well. And that's why I have friends who hear from God. I don't go to prophets to see vision for me. I have friends, men and women of God who hear from God. See? And I have no respect for you if you don't have a respect for the word of God. So certain things, maybe I want to do something and um, I say this is what I'm sensing in my spirit. What do you um, have in your spirit? There's a prophet of God, and um, he's in the Word of It movement. He's connected to Kenny Copeland Ministry. And from time to time, we'll, we have this conversational exchange. And he will speak what God is saying. And he would encourage me. And he would speak about what God would do in Bielsa, how God will move in Bielsa, how God will do great things in Bielsa. He encourages me, helping them. See, in your life, there are people God puts over your life to help you. One time, one of my friends in the UK called me and said, um, your first daughter, 
It's an emperor sign about my first daughter. See, those are friends. They can hear from God. A man as who you keep as friends. See, they said those who divorce their wives or their husbands, for instance, they said most of them are lazy people. They have a poor work ethic. And secondly, they keep friends who have no value for marriage. So that's why I tell you, I said, those who listen to predict your future. See, we rise or fall to level of a relationship. That's all it's asking. Who is your best friend? I want to know who your best friend is. Because if I know your best friend, I know your size in life. It says, so Joshua, the son of Sheotel and Joshua, the son of Jehoshaphat, rose up and began to build the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, helping. How they open? Speaking. Don't get discouraged. These things shall be completed. You see that? They were encouraging them. Helping them. Hallelujah. Are you out there? Give it to me in the message translation, verse 2. He uses the word helping to. They were going right there, helping them. Hallelujah. So, you, one of the things I've discovered is when we want to come to the power of prophecy, is the fact that many significant doors that have opened to me have opened by a word. We'll deal with that later. Acts 15, 32. It says, Now Judas and Silas, themselves being prophets, watch this, also exhorted and strengthened the brethren. How? With what? With many words. The prophetic strengthens. You want to, you, you, you're getting discouraged about something God told you to do. A word comes forth. And says, do not relent in your efforts, for there shall be a great reward. And nobody knows you were discouraged. And someone just prophesies, thus says the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you all there? So important that we understand the place that prophecy plays. Hallelujah. Give us 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to 5. Here what Paul said. Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you what? You may prophesy. Why? Because God wants every one of us to what? Prophesy. Because prophecy encourages. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Speaking in tongue is for private devotions. It is an intimate language between the speaker and God. 
So when you're in a service, someone is speaking in tongues, they are having their private time with God as they are praying out there. You don't say, I don't understand what he's saying. He's not talking to you. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, it speaks what? Mysteries. What is mysteries? Hidden truth. A mystery is a hidden truth. Undisclosed information. It means secrets. It's a secret. So when I'm praying in tongues, I'm actually whispering secrets to God. I'm not talking to you. If I'm praying, I'm not hearing what he's saying. Am I talking to you? Mind your business, you spiritual amiable. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to man, but to God. For no one understands him. That means speaking in tongues is not an intellectual language. Nor is it an intellectual exercise. Don't try to reason it. Because there are some people who try to reason it out. Don't try to reason it. Give me verse 13 to 14. 13 to 14. Therefore let him who speaks in a tongue pray. What? That he may interpret. You see that? Verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is what? It's unfruitful. It's not an intellectual exercise. There are some people who go to churches, they try to cram people's tongues. They hear someone saying, 